the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. This hour, we will cover the latest in the Joe Biden documents scandal. Uh, play you the view of the Virginia Attorney General. He is investigating the now 13 schools in Fairfax, Virginia, that refuse to acknowledge students who won National Merit Scholarships. Just forgot to send the letter. Sorry. Eh, it cost you thousands of dollars in scholarships, and some schools didn't contact you or wondered why you didn't respond through the National Merit Scholar Program. Well, just an accident. Sorry, forgot it. Jason Miaris elected Attorney General of the state of Virginia in the groundswell of conservative support that swept Glenn Youngkin into office. Uh, he's looking into all of this and has some thoughts on what is clearly an escalating investigation. We were told initially it was at one school, uh, one administrative error. Now we find that it's multiple schools, over a dozen, actually more than one locality. Uh, we know in Fairfax, we know this from public reports. You know they hired an equity consultant, paid this individual $455,000 for about nine months of work. Wow. Uh, one of their directives to the school district was equal outcomes no matter what, even if it means treating some students, quote, purposefully unequally. And so we're trying to determine what that means. We know well north of 70% of these national merit uh, accommodation letters were going to students that are Asian American. Uh, our office actually first got, Fairfax got first on our radar because of Thomas Jefferson High School. It is a public school. It's a magnet school. You have to apply to attend. And uh, they decided to go to an equity admissions standard. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but we know this. We saw close to a 20-point drop in Asian American enrollment at Thomas Jefferson High School in just one year. And so we had a lot of parents in Fairfax High School saying, hey, our kids are being discriminated against. And as one mom said, you know, my daughter has done everything right mm -hmm. since the first grade. She has studied so hard. And now she's realizing she may not go to her school of her dream simply because of who she is, because she's Korean American. That goes against everything we believe uh, in this country. And uh, that's why we have this investigation to determine whether there are state Virginia Human Rights Act, which are anti-discrimination statute, whether they're discriminating against Asian American kids. We've seen this happen nationally at a lot of schools nationally in college admissions. It seems like the only state-sanctioned form of bigotry in America today is anti-Asian bigotry. And we want to make sure that's not happening in Virginia. Well, he left out uh, bigotry against the white evangelicals. That's okay. You can, you can discriminate against them, too. But uh, he's reference of colleges doing this. They're doing it in the Ivy League. They're doing it in Harvard. They're doing it at Yale. Here's the thing about the American dream. The American dream is available to anyone in American, in America. You don't have to be an American to recognize the American dream. Why do you think China 
sends all its best and brightest over here. Because they want to get the best education possible, and then they want to take them back and steal whatever technology they can steal while they're here. And if we were the racist country that the left says we are, we wouldn't let anybody in to do that. I'm not saying we should continue to do that, but there are just so many examples that fly in the face of what the left says is woven into the fabric of America. Would we have Asian American students rising to the level of achievement such that Harvard and Yale and now Fairfax County, Virginia schools have to discriminate against them? The people who howl about racism being woven into every aspect of American culture are themselves engaging in blatant racism to correct what they perceive as America's racist founding. Yes, I know that seems really crazy and really self-evident to you, but they don't see it. Or if they do see it, they don't care. And it is all related to the fact that people who see America as a racist place are people who foolishly, and I'm being kind because that's a nice way to say it, foolishly believe that you can engineer outcomes to bring about equality without it going horribly, horribly, horribly off the rails. How many millions of people did Mao kill in China? How many millions of people did Stalin and Lenin kill in Russia? How many hundreds of thousands of people did Castro kill in Cuba? And I could go on and on and on and on. And what do they all have in common? They were all going to build a utopian society that was not based on merit and achievement. It was based on equality of an engineered outcome. All of it. It always ends bad because once you grab the power to disadvantage some to advantage others, eventually you get to the point in your mind where you say, well, you know, this would just be a lot easier if we just got rid of that person (laughs) or that person or that person. That is why the founders built into our Constitution checks and balances. Checks and balances. And that is why our government is so horribly off the rails because we either have secret exercisers of power tucked away in unelected positions in our government where they are checking the power of those who were actually given power through elections Or they're just exercising power and never being held accountable for it. And we are at a dangerous place because the institutions that have been established in America over time to hold those people in power accountable are no longer holding them accountable. Why? Because they want to engage in the same kind of effort to engineer an outcome. Academia is not interested in equal opportunities only. Academia is pretty much demonstrated here by what I said about Yale and Harvard and Fairfax. Academia is all in on engineering outcomes. The media is 
absolutely 100% invested in the narrative that, well, just this one time, it's worth the compromise of our ideals. Yes, I know we're supposed to hold everyone's feet to the fire and we're not supposed to play favorites and we're not supposed to try to invent a way that Biden's secret documents aren't as bad as Trump's secret documents. And we're not supposed to invent a way to say that putting the Hunter Biden laptop in the closet and not writing about it and not talking about it before the election just this one time. We'll do it just this one time because Donald Trump is so evil. We can't have Donald Trump elected president. Okay, well, how did that work out? You did it just one time with Hunter Biden's laptop. And then all of a sudden. There are secret documents before the midterm election, and oh, let's just wait until after the midterm election to disclose it. Just this one time. But you promised to be really transparent. Yes, I know, but just this one time. It's never just this one time. Ever. It's never one time. Because you know why? Once you make the first compromise, once you lie to yourself the first time, once you justify turning your back on what you know, is a foundational, uncompromisable aspect of preserving the country that you have. But you say, well, this person's just so evil, they have to be stopped. This person, I can't bear it if they're elected. I can't bear it if they get power. Our country can't survive. It's an existential threat. Once you make that compromise, the first time, is it harder to do it the second time or easier to do it the second time? It's always easier to do it the second time. By the time you get to the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time, well, then you don't even have a second thought. You don't even have a second thought. Here's Virginia Attorney General Jason Miaris on this lust for engineered outcomes under the umbrella of equity. You hear the word equity all the time, but my point is equity without excellence is actual emptiness. Uh, It doesn't really help the student at all. It actually, I think, divides us. And so, listen, we believe in equality of of opportunity, but when you have a forced uh, equal outcomes, that's where we get in some very, very dangerous areas in this country. And that's why my Office of Civil Rights is doing this investigation to make sure there's no violation of our state anti-discrimination statute. All right. You're always welcome to call the show 844-TALK-989. Uh, Melvin in Polaris is uh, interested in debating me. Melvin, we are up against the break. I apologize for that. But uh, what is on your mind today? I was wondering how how would you go about trying to level the playing field from the disparities that were put in place by the past racism or discrimination if you didn't have to favor the side that was discriminated against to get kind of even along the board? It's a great question. Uh, I can respond to it quickly. You can hang on the line if you want to. Pam will put you on hold and we'll bring you back to hear my answer. Basically, my answer in short, but I will flesh it out for you, is you have to tell the truth. And telling the truth is not always kind. It's not always fun. And it doesn't always fix the problem immediately. But eventually, it will fix the problem if people stand on the truth. And I'll tell you what I mean by that next All right, so Melvin was kind of hanging through the break. So, Melvin, I'd like to bring you back up. Thank you for holding. Thank you for calling, 844-TALK-989. And restate your question so people can know what I am addressing. I was talking about uh, equal outcomes and equal opportunities, and I favor equal opportunities, but I certainly don't favor engineering or attempting to engineer equal outcomes. 
And my question to tie it to yours more directly would be, how can you have equal outcomes if you started from different bases and you don't engineer it to have a, a level playing field to move forward? It's a great question. And my answer is that you have to invest in things that are true. I spoke at Lyndon McKinley High School a couple of years ago, and I decided that I was going to tell the kids the truth, even though I knew it probably wouldn't be popular with the whole entire group. But my hope is that it would land hard, that is to say uh, permanently, with at least one or two kids there and hopefully be something that would lift them up. And here's what I told them. I gave them four or five things that if they did these four or five things, they would exponentially increase their chances of being successful in life. Number one was be on time. Be on time because you're on time. You convey punctuality. You you, you convey that what other people need matters to you and that they can count on you. That'll lead to job opportunities. It'll lead to enlarging your, your reputation for accountability. Number two was learn the phrase, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Ask your teachers, ask your mom, ask your grandma, ask your friends. What can I do to help? Also, builds relationships. Number three, be in school. Get a degree. Get your high school diploma. Don't get a girl pregnant while you're in school. And if you're a girl, don't get pregnant while you're in school. Number four was find a Bible-believing church and go, even if you, every Sunday, even if you don't really understand the gospel, go, because you'll forge relationships with really good people who will be really invested in you, and no one is able to be successful if they try to do it alone. And the last thing I told them was get a job and keep a job until you have a better job. And the job could be three hours a week sweeping floors or three hours a week working at a fast food restaurant or something. But build structure into your day. You'll put a little money in your pocket. You'll forge relationships with somebody. If you're on time, if you ask what can I do to help, if you're not burdened by a child that you have when you are a child, all these things will help you to be successful. Now, this is not a panacea that will fix the problems in our poor communities in this country, regardless of what ethnicity lives in those communities, those things will not fix those problems overnight because those problems were not created overnight. But there are myriad examples of people in our culture who grew up in tough circumstances who have done those kinds of things who have become successful people. And so I think that continuing to take handouts from welfare and I I agree you're dumb not to take it if the government is providing it, but our government has embedded in our culture this idea that somebody is going to be there to provide a safety net for you and that you somehow deserve it because you were born a certain color or born a certain way or born into a certain circumstance. And all those ideas, I believe, are parasites and destructive ideas that have led to the problems that we see in our inner cities. Okay, um, give you a little background on me real quick. I was born in Chicago, born and raised in the Robert Taylor Projects, um, same one from J.J. and Good mm-hmm. Times, mm-hmm. and then we moved out south. And I was part of a family that was in a welfare cycle. And I, I, I offer you a different solution that came from some of the um, academic world. Great. Um, I'd love to I'm hear it. Part of, I, 
I was part of what they call the Upward Bound program in um, Chicago area. Now, prior to maybe two classes before mine, when I was in high school, there was no minorities allowed to go to universities like University of Illinois mm-hmm. or, you know, Champaign and Ballant. And there was a big stink because they made a, a unbalanced decision to let a group of minorities from um, different schools go down there. Mm-hmm. And it was that type of generosity or opening of a door that allowed me to change my life and um, and move forward because without having the opportunity to be around people that would give me guidance and give me insights, I wouldn't be the man that I am now. You know, I've, I've done my education. I've been a wireless engineer now for over 25 years. I raised my daughter. She's now a doctor at the University of Michigan. I know I'm not awesome. allowed to say that on radio, but she has awesome. a PhD in kinesiology. And it's all because I was given an opportunity that I wasn't qualified for. And I think that the, the long-term um, results of people that would not have been given the opportunity being forced to work their way in versus the route that I was blessed to have is going to get us to the same society. So we kind of need to have that unbalanced opportunity because I would have never got the guidance. But Melvin, when you went to college, did you go to class, get good grades? Were you on time? Did you work hard? Or did they give you grades you didn't deserve just because you were in the program? Um, I worked hard, but I wouldn't have been in the program based on my high school grades. Okay, so I think there's room. I think, first of all, your story is awesome and so touching and so phenomenal. And I believe underscores my point that that is available to so many people in our society. And I think if the kids at Linden follow what I say, they're going to find there are programs. I'm not trying to end every program. I'm certainly not trying to end that one there. But I'm talking about people who achieve things and earn things according to set standards to discriminate against them and say you can't do it because you're the wrong color. I don't believe, Melvin, that fixing discrimination can be done by instituting more discrimination. That is basically my short answer is that I love your story. And, man, dude, (laughs) what a story. Your daughter's a doctor. You did the right thing. You worked hard. I believe hard work is rewarded in America. And I believe you're the living proof of that. And I would just like to see the idea that hard work will get you someplace that me giving it to you won't get you. Proliferate more in our culture. Melvin, you made my day, man. Uh, God bless you, and thank you for uh, sharing your story with us because I know you inspired everyone with that story. Very, very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.